This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Pride of West London Feastive, Festive, Fun Podcast. And as you can tell, we're in the pub and we've been in here for about seven hours. And I've got my chums with me because they're really, really happy because like I said to you, we're in the pub. We're having some feastive, festive fun because it's the end of 2021. Brentford have had a fantastic year this year. And what we're going to do, we're going to sit around and we're going to chat about how wonderful this year has been with the bees. My name is Billy Grant. And like I said to you, this podcast is brought to you by Anything Is Possible, AIP.media. Our chums from the South Coast who have feastive, festive fun down the South Coast. And we're going to be down there for the Boxing Day to check them out. But anyway, like I said to you, I'm going to go around the table to see who's with me today. I've got, uh, I think I'm going to go to the right. I've got my man Laney Man in the house. Laney, how are you? Happy Christmas, Bill. Yes, I'm very good. I'm feeling very festive or feastive, or whatever the word is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well up for this, and I'm enjoying a bit of Fuller's uh, Jack Frost. So Jack Frost is festive and it's festive. I've got Jimmy Mack in the festive house. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Feeling totally festive today. Uh, it's beautiful to be able to uh, defy the, the besotted crew, can rely to defy the national mood, get together, get in the pub, have some booze and celebrate 2021. There's one to remember. And yes, this doesn't work so well on the radio, this top, or a podcast, <laughs> which I didn't think about, but I did go all in on the Brentford Christmas jumper. It's a festive jumper. Festive jumper, Jimmy Mack in the house. I've got GP in the house. Gary Paul, how are you? So I'm doing well, just trying to avoid the deadly sea. But um, no, it's going, going all okay, enjoying being in a pub and seeing such wonderful gentlemen. And you've been delivering wine to uh, football managers from what I can gather, have you not? Yes, a certain manager that um, claimed the victory of us l- last year. Um, last year? Sorry, last year. Last month, uh, a couple of weeks ago, in yeah. fact. I, in North London, you were saying? 
in North London, yeah, sorry, a few too many um, shandies, I think. But yeah, um, a certain Tottenham manager, I've um, sent a little package of vino towards him, might calm him down a little bit. Is that the big C you're trying to avoid, the Tottenham manager? Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to be a secret squirrel, but you can't get anything past us here, GP. We've got the Dutchman in the house. The Dutchman, how are you? Very good, thank you very much, Billy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, looking forward to remembering all the things I did and didn't do this year and what other words we can make up this year, like festive. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, festive has been in the diary and the dictionary for about... 472 years, so don't you knock that one, mate, you know what I'm saying, which is all good. We've got the Francis Mann in the house. Francis Mann, how are you? I'm so excited. This is f- and Merry Christmas to everybody. My first uh, podcast. Thank you so much for the, uh, the invite. So excited. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. First podcast, and it'll probably be your last, but anyway, we'll get on about that. <laughs> Which is all good. Listen, we're going to crack straight on, because I'll tell you something, I'm feeling festive, Lainey's feeling festive, we're all, we're all feeling rather funky here tonight. We have, unfortunately, like we're missing a few people that would have been here, but as, as you know, with the COVID situation, some people have decided that, you know, it's probably safer to be home, so we're missing the people like the JB, with his facts and his funk and his UKG and the alley in the house as well lewis as well as well you know there's there's a few people what we're going to be you know yeah the liberal nick as well you know who's going to even come down from the south god the the southwest you know from the devon as well but listen you know we're tipping our hats to all them lot because as far as we're concerned they're here in spirit even though they're not here in person but we're going to crack right on because we're going to we're going to be we're going to be asking all sorts of feastive festive questions as they are like you know let's cast our mind back because you know we are coming up to christmas now but exactly 12 months ago, last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you took, took it apart. Well, yeah, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? Last Christmas, I mean, can this cast your mind back to 12 months ago? What were we doing? If I remember rightly, last 12 months ago, we were in that tier two, tier three, tier one situation as well. I remember that I'd managed to do the escape and escape down to Brighton, which was in tier two, whereas everything, everywhere else was like in tier, London was in tier three or tier one, whatever it was. So you weren't allowed to do everything except for Boris, of course, and his mates were having parties left, right and centre, weren't they? We were also in the championship, which was tier two. And we're now in tier one. That's right, that's right. So obviously we had it predicted. We knew exactly what was going on. We, uh, as we were coming into Christmas, we were actually getting very excited because I remember coming to the games at Christmas, it was lockdown that time. So we were watching all the games, people either at home, on their iPads, in the, you know, on the televisions, you know, or in the pub. We were coming down to the Globe here every single game. I mean, we're in the Globe here tonight, they're taking really good care of us, but we were in the Globe here literally every single game. And I remember we were getting very excited for this game because it was the time that Brentford had got through to the what's it to the League Cup semi-final and we were playing against Newcastle and just looking at where it is now I mean if this was now and we got to the League Cup semi-final we would be absolutely potty for it but it was a really weird scenario because we got to the semi-final and we were excited but it, it, it didn't quite feel the same did it it was a, it was a quarter-final against Newcastle that's right and then the semi so we, we beat Newcastle so it was a it was an early Christmas present again and again as you, as you say it was really weird because we couldn't all watch it together couldn't watch it in the ground we'd, we'd been allowed back for a little teaser of the new stadium some of us have been to the With Blackburn, Blackburn. Yeah. some of us have been to the Derby game which was probably the worst game we'll talk about worst games of last year that was probably right up there um, so we were we were locked out again and it, we were locked out for what 
was really a really juicy one, Newcastle. We knew that we were able to beat them. We knew that we played our A game we were, and we set about them. Steve Bruce was in another crisis at that time. Um, didn't have Sam Maximan at the time. And it was, it was a game that we thought we would probably win. And, and we did. And it, it really started the, the Christmas period off in the most perfect way. And it, and it was fairly easy that we won that game. I mean, Jimmy Mack, do you remember where you were when you watched that match and what your feeling was on that day? Uh, I do remember, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, no surprises, I was at home, um, like the rest of the country. But uh, that, that period in general, I think the week before, London, London was late into the Tier 3, wasn't it? So I think we watched the last... The Reading game I might watch down the pub here. I think it was a 3-1 win. That was the last game we watched out. And then it was all, all at home. And... I don't think my wife quite knows how grateful she should be for Brentford's performance last Christmas because I think we won five games in a row. And what was a, what was a rel- relatively potentially depressing period, I was quite jolly at home. Every, as a game every two or three days, as a Brentford win, there's no work going on for ten days. There's drink flying around. And had that been five defeats, it would have been very different. But it wasn't. It was the start of something beautiful. And, and, and again, that period, because, you know, again, I don't know if anyone can't send mine back. Like I said to you, we... <laughs> Normally Christmases are a little bit funny for Brentford, but that Christmas was a marvellous Christmas. Can you remember the results over that, over that period at all? Anybody remember the results? Uh, the, the, the game that sticks in my mind was the Bournemouth Cone game, uh, probably post-Christmas, uh, and, and it, a pivotal moment because we were vying for top two spots, if I remember rightly, uh, and, 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 and they came in the first 10, 15 minutes of that game. They fair to say they battered us they, 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 they were near the top or they were, or they were even were, top they were, they were very they were up there they were above us and one or t- first or second I'm sure uh, absolutely and I think our, our, you know our form into December was great great Christmas as, 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 as Dave said and the reality is that that form continued through January and beyond so Christmas last year my kitchen became the place that we would gather to watch the games and I remember, and I remember the, the, the Bournemouth fans, because I speak to, like I said to you, fans up and down the country literally every single week. And I remember speaking to the Bournemouth fans who were very, very confident before the match. And after the match, they were felt like the, the wind had been knocked out of them because they just didn't know what happened, especially as they went ahead beforehand. And I think for us, you know, they went ahead and then we went up 2-1 and we beat them. And they were, and, and, but we felt that that was a real landmark for us because it showed that we could not only compete against sides who had spent a lot of money, but also we just thought, actually, we actually might get an automatic place here. Well, I, I remember that. Obviously, I remember that game vividly. I was in Dubai. I was able to fly out, and I watched it with Gripper. I watched it with Andy Watson. Um, and we went a goal, went a goal down, um, and then we, we came back and 4-2 header, wasn't it, that, that, that won it. But Dutch might want to talk about the Boxing Day game at Cardiff, which was another, another cracker. Yeah, what's amazed me looking back on all this stuff for the uh, for, for the feastive festive pod is what a bloody good run of form we were on. Um, and Cardiff, yeah, again, it's reminding ourselves of the facts as we haven't got any of the, the specialists on the show this on this week. Um, a Canos hat trick, um, you know, three three goals from the main man there, Sergi after we were one nil down at half time, and you know, we just started took those results for granted. And it's it's absolutely staggering looking back now, just what a good run of form that was. Um, what I remember about that game because you talk about that kind of game but what I remember is that we, we I think we were like a little bit angry I think, I think we might have even been, no we couldn't have watched it in the pub I can't remember we watched it but what happens was when the ball came over and then they hit the ball from about 70 yards didn't they and, uh, and Raya was off his line 
and he got completely caught off guard and they scored from like a ridiculous goal from about 70 yards off his line and we were all really angry going oh Raya Raya you know you got a mistake and you said the other but looking back in it you realise that's just the way he played and they, 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 they managed to take a shot which fortunately okay it's a great shot but fortunately hit the back of the net probably nine times out of ten that wouldn't have hit the back of the net but we were one nil down and that was a bit of a frustrating moment you remember that yeah, it was frustrating, and we, we were severely punished. I thought we looked, I thought we looked okay, and, and, and as you say, it was just like a worldie, wasn't it? Um, and but we had the spirit and the wherewithal to come back in the second half, and uh, and we re- we really did take them to the cleaners in the end, and it was it was a, a fairly comfortable win. So you know, as you say, what a what a great run of form to have in a lockdown Christmas. As Jimmy said, you know, everyone's got a few few beers in. Everyone's sort of like, uh, you know, just looking forward to the games. There's precious else little to do. And uh, and if your team's winning, um, there's not a lot wrong in the world, is there? So, I mean, talking about matches, so going into 2021, because we're talking about now, we went into, and the, and the first game, I think, if I remember rightly, we played in 2021, we went to Tottenham and played them in the Cup. And interestingly, we went to Tottenham, and uh, we were like slightly in awe and I remember kind of, you know, again watching it, you know, on TV, you know, as it was because we weren't allowed to be in the stadium. You really wanted to be in the stadium. You really wanted to well the team on and sort of to kind of just, 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 just cheer them on like you couldn't do as such. But, you know, just, I just remember that match on the TV, which was good, but it was a little bit of a letdown because for a start, we changed the team for the first time. Because all the way through the cup run, we kind of in effect played sort of kind of second string players and punctuated it with first string players. But this game, we actually brought in the, the, the top guns. We brought in Raya, we brought in Tony, we brought in Mbuma, we brought in everybody. Like you know, because we basically thought we got a chance to get into Wembley here, and it kind of for us. But it, I don't know. Maybe maybe it didn't work for us because it, we just didn't. We weren't didn't quite get there. Yeah. But mem- um, notably for that one that was our first encounter with VAR wasn't it because I remember jumping up and down my living room when Tony heads it in you know almost cartwheeling through the kitchen and coming back feeling rather stupid to see it still 1-0 when uh, the game started again um, yeah that, that was going to become a part of daily life fast forward 2021 but that, well, that caught me out big time yeah as I said that was my the main thing I took when that went in it was a waste of a great celebration I mean, I was actually up in um, I was actually up in Coventry because my um, girlfriend's um, father had literally just passed away uh, through COVID. So I'd spent like a good couple of months up there. Once I'd gone up there, I was kind of stuck there. But um, again, it was it was very disappointing. Our very first, you know, it's going to be our very first like major semi-final, and you know, we've ended up having to miss it. So. Yeah, it was it was a bit sod's law as well, wasn't it? Because it's like you know, normally the semi would be two legs, and it, it was one leg. And it, but it, it, I think it was valuable experience for this season. Uh, we you know we we went to a massive stadium, and we didn't we didn't let ourselves down, as Jimmy said. You know, it, 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 I, I thought we'd equalise, and in it, with the amended VAR kind of lines this year, the goal may have stood. Um, you know, to to have reached uh, a major cup final with Brentford last year would have just been bonkers. But I, I would have I, I, I saved the Wembley win for May. I, I was more happy with that one. That's right. And 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 and, and, and the Francis men. I, you know what? I'd agree with everything the guys have said. I, I you know, fine margins. You know, Tony's knee was never offside in my world. 
And had we scored that, then, you know what, that could have been a very, very different result because I felt that we were on the up at that time. But nonetheless, in, in, in my lifetime, semi-final, League Cup, I'll take that. I love that. I love that as well. So listen, we're going to just go through and we're just going to recap on 2020 as well and just ask you any of the memories of 2020. So I'm just I'm going to ask you, um, what was uh, you, you got something to say? 2020. Well, 20. Well, 2020. We've talked about 2020, and we'll just move it on to 2021. <laughs> These beers are quite strong, aren't they? <laughs> but listen, I'm going to ask you, what was your most enjoyable? Because don't forget, there were two matches. We had lockdown matches, which we basically watched in the pub with your mates, and we had non-lockdown matches as well. So, what was your most enjoyable lockdown match of 2021, lady? My favourite lockdown game. I'm 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 going for the re- the restart when we beat Fulham. Um, it, it, oh, that was the year before. That was 2020. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. So you laugh at me. Laugh at me. Oh, yeah. You've got stronger beers than me, yeah. Start it. Start with him then. Uh, okay. So Billy, my my favourite game of, uh, of of 21 was Bournemouth away when we won one nil. Pontus. God knows where he was, but 50th minute, we lost Pontus. Um, if I remember rightly, Dale's guard had come back from injury, and we're talking April time, when we'd been struggling a little bit for form, and, and Brian hit that winner, and I can assure you, my kitchen went absolutely potty. Yeah, it's something, I mean, you've taken it from me, that was my one as well, the Bournemouth game away in April as well, because it was one when we just come off the back of a slightly dodgy form, absolutely. and we are quite sure, and Bournemouth were totally, they were so cocksure, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get promoted, yeah, 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 and we went there and bashed them, and again, they were reeling like they were reeling, when, they, when we beat them a few months earlier that's good the Dutch have you got a uh, your favourite lockdown match at all or should I go to GP yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go for Middlesbrough away where we in, in, towards the end of that really good run where we spanked them 4-1 um, again after being 1-0 down which we do so often um, and that was where I really thought that we had a, a, a good chance I thought that we were not necessarily better than them day, but we were so clinical that day we took every chance that came our way um, yeah, Middlesbrough, who were on a good run of form, I think, from memory coming into that game, were, were staggered with how we played. And the, the score at the end was, was very impressive. And, and after that, I think I thought we were going to kick on and, and go up. And we, whilst, we, whilst we did, everyone knows the end of this story already, <laughs> we didn't do it quite as easy as I thought at that point. You know, we started to dip away um, one or two games after that. But that, that was a cracking game. I enjoyed watching that on my PC at home, I have to say, probably on my own. Jimmy Mack. Uh, yeah, around, around a similar time to Middlesbrough away, uh, we played Wickham and beat them, I think, 7-1 or 7-2. Uh, Tony Hattrick. And, you know, that, that carried on from that run around Christmas. We never really dipped form until the end of January when we were just flying. And we thought, I was like, how many, 120 points maybe? Uh, 100, it could be 150 points in the championship? It looked, it looked so good. And obviously dips, twists and turns coming along the way. But that's, again... Such it was so good having that brilliant run that in that depressing lockdown, that depressing month, and that's the game that stuck out for me because it was uh, just around, around my birthday and that. And I remember it just you know, it, was, it was nice. Lot goals on your birthday, Carlton Walker. That, that, that was that was a good one. Yeah, no, my favourite. I'm going for the um, Preston away when we won five nil. It come on the back of four. I think it's four draws we'd had or something like that, and we were starting to look like we were starting to wobble. We went somewhere where probably not got the best record and. We just, I, I, we were just so fired on them that day. And it's one of those where you get a fairly early goal, two goals fairly early, and then you could just relax for the rest of the game. And we were just so dominant. 
Oh, I'm going to go Preston as well. Um, funny enough, um, now, now we're in twenty now in 2021. This one, uh, I, I thought it was a, the demonstration of our attacking prowess. We we, we looked we looked irresistible in the second half. There, uh, we literally dismantled uh, what was what wasn't a, a, an awful Preston team. Um, it, it, towards the end, I thought the I think that was it. Mark Condes that scored right at the end. Uh, and it was just this interplay that in, in the box with him and Canos. I, it was just the most delicious, um, com- tasty, tasty game football, yeah. So, yeah, Preston. I mean, we're always going to pick a big win, but I, I thought at that stage I, I knew that we were too good for the championship. It would be wrong of me not to mention Queen's Park Rangers at home. If nothing else, that the result that we won, having been... You know, arguably outplayed through, through, through parts of the game, but if nothing else, for Warburton's comments about where the hell is this crowd come from in lockdown, which was hilarious. Was that was that 2020? Yeah, it's 2020. It came, yeah, came a little bit earlier, but we, just, we were, yeah, but we hear what you're saying. Though, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's a newbie to the camp. You know, what I'm saying he's a newbie to the camp, but you know that as well. Listen, uh, as everyone, everyone's, everyone's talked about their favourite game. We'll just say, what's your least? enjoyable lockdown match of 2021 Mr um, Francis Bain we'll come back to you because obviously you need to adjust your diary you know what I'm saying and get your clock sorted you know what I'm saying I'm going to go to the Dutchman I hope I've got my ears right now I feel under pressure um, Millwall nil-nil that was 2021 I remember that's the only game I think you know what what, what lockdown did do with the, the saturated TV coverage was it meant none of us actually missed a game you know home or away uh, and I think if the sort of 18 months or so where I didn't miss a game, that's the only game where I probably stopped watching halfway through it, um, sitting in a bar with the Allard and the Sav, um, with the sun beating down, and the sun was more interesting than the game. That, that was a really dire nil-nil game. Um, well, I think this time you can say Queen's Park Rangers. That was just in the, in the lockdown of February, I think, maybe. Lost 2-1. Uh, Loftus Roads. I think we took the leads. It was all going so well. And then that... Oh, smug Charlie Austin pops up with a winner after his injury. That was a bit of a, a bit of an annoying one, um, and probably the last time we're ever going to play them. So that's also <laughs> quite. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're not thinking that at all. But anyway, we, we move on. I'll go Derby away because we, we looked so com- we looked so comfortable again. Two 0 up, weren't we? And 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 it just it looked like it was it was ours, and it was just no way back. And they scored a really incredible first goal. And then we just literally gifted them another one. And we, I think we could have lost that game as well. So um, it was a game that was won and we managed to snatch a draw from the, the, the jaws of the victory. The Francis men. I think I might be in trouble here, but, but a game that sticks in my mind was 2021 season and it was Stoke away. And we were 3-0 down. It ended up 3-2. We weren't very good. Okay, and 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 and, and GP. Yeah, no, I think I would go with Barnsley um, at home, and we lost two 0 For me, that was the one we were going so well, twenty odd games unbeaten. We'd gone top of the table, and it was just so deflating for just the team to just not turn up. You know, you're at home. Is it a case to keep them going? You know, just want, want the team to keep going, and all of a sudden there was just a, hit that buffer a couple of days before the Rangers defeat. But that really did knock the stuffing out of me. 
I'll just have to tell you as well, you know, the Francis man, you are on a yellow card, mate, and you're on the edge of getting a red card if not careful, because that Stoke game, again, did take place in 2020, because we played them. Yeah, what, I've watched it in the new Excuses. All the, all the excuses are coming out now, but we're not over there. Yeah, that's right. You know, we can see anybody put your applications in now. For <laughs> Bill doesn't normally know where we're playing week by week. <laughs> Yeah. You'll get invited back for the 2020 podcast. <laughs> That's so, it. Phil set the time for you there. Uh, <laughs> Bill's invented words tonight. When I'm listening, I'm correcting him as I'm listening to you normally. <laughs> so listen, but anyway, for me, it was actually the uh, there's a, a, a run of games that we had, which is a nightmare because it kind of turned our season around and it also caused us to change our formation. We lost to Barnsley, who I thought were actually fairly decent at that time, even though they were, they were, you know, they were competing for a playoff place as well. Then we lost to QPR, which is quite annoying, but you had to put your hand up and say you lost to QPR. But the next match we watched was Coventry. We lost 2 0 against Coventry. The game was just, it sucked the life out of us. And also, if I remember rightly, Rico Henry got injured in that game and he was out. So all of a sudden, it seemed like all our plans were going to go out the window. So for me, I mean, I remember that was a very, very depressing that game, that one when we lost 2 0 against Coventry. So listen, but let's pick it up because those are the games in lockdown because it was difficult because when things like that happen, you as fans can't really get behind there. You know, whether or not you're in home or in the pub, you're trying to cheer your team on. And, oh, there you go. Trying to cheer your team on as these people are here to now, and it just doesn't work. But listen, but when you're inside the stadium, it's different. So I'm going to ask you, what was your most enjoyable match with fans that you were able to go to in 2021, Laney? I will let others take the the clear one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bournemouth at home. I thought that was just an incredible. We we'd lost the first leg down at Dean Court. We would go. We went a goal down. Um, in the early in the in the second leg, and we and we still came back, and I, and I think we all felt that the game wasn't over at two 0 down in aggregate. I think we felt that something truly special was about to happen, and it did. And you know, when Marcus Force's third goal went in, I just the, the place, although it was only four thousand or three thousand or however many there were inside New Griffith. Four and a half thousand, yeah. Four and a half thousand. It felt like there was twenty and it it was then that I, I again I started to believe again. You know, our relationship with the playoffs, others are gonna talk about the playoff final, but our relationship with the playoffs has been absolutely abysmal. But it's when I started loving the playoffs because we 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 swiped the floor I thought with a team that started to time waste and we 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 made them rule at and but um but it was, it was the goalkeeper Begovic he, his his performance in the second half will be one of the most amusing he's probably one of the we'll probably talk about cock of the year he, he's gonna he's gonna be on that list GP um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for the Arsenal game it was you know it's one of those times when eyes of the world were on Brentford you know it was so much and I remember you know saying to people it's the best team we could have the best fixer we could have we've got a big six at home and it's the most vulnerable of the big six and you know we went out there and the game just won at a canter you know the first time the stadium was full everybody all the fans you know it was just constant a cauldron of noise throughout the entire game it was just such an amazing day 
It's, it's really hard to pick one. Uh, but what, what is noticeable uh, or notable about this year is that um, in the 20, 25 years I've been going, we had a run of about four or five games in a row where four of them probably went into the top ten games ever in a short period when we had the, the playoffs and the, the start of the Premier League. So... Um, perfect storm of the Bournemouth game for me I'd probably go with that but it wasn't just because of the win and the incredible game which it was it was just that it put at ease the feeling that the new stadium was going to be was going to be alright there was a, for me, there was a bit of anxiety still hung around you know I went to the Blackburn game which was the lockdown first match pack but that wasn't a real game you know your masks on 2,000 fans no drink this was the first game in there was a, you're up for the game it was, something was on it and the atmosphere with just 4,500 was amazing and that stuck out for me as being, OK, this is going to be OK. Whatever happens, this ground is going, to, it's going to do well for us. So I'm going to go Bournemouth game for that reason. I think they go for Liverpool at home. I think for me that was the, partly because I missed the Arsenal game. Um, but I think Liverpool was the first big team. I, I, that's not meant to be insulting to others either. But the first really big team where we thought this is a proper team that we're playing now. Let's see how good we really are. And the fact we went toe-to-toe with them all game. You know, the fact we came from behind. The way that we came back and equalised at the end, the whole atmosphere—I thought that was a really special game. I thought that—that's the one where I thought we belong in this league, and we really shouldn't be scared of anybody. And I think up to that point, perhaps the fans were scared. I don't think the players were, and maybe that's the point where we all came together and realised that we're—we're going to be okay. Uh, Unanimous. Uh, I agree with the guys in terms of Bournemouth. So, if you remember, they spaced out the four and a half k fans. I'm uh, North Stand back row. My ticket was in the West End and I just stood there with my daughter and watched Dan Juma run right through us. And it's like, oh my God. And we made our way to where I sit today. And then the next 80 minutes were probably in all my supporting were just the most amazing atmosphere created by so few. And, 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 I, and, I, and I never doubted what was going to happen. And then I'd also like to uh, thank Agent Mepham for helping us along the way. So Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth for me. Yeah, I think we're going almost green sweep because for me, that Bournemouth game was incredible. For only four and a half thousand fans there. Okay, first game I think you say, dude, it could have been absolutely terrible. And, and what I'm going to say to you is that there were actually for me there were three games that this would have been my most enjoyable match of 2021. Okay, uh, out of lockdown, it was the Bournemouth game, it was the Arsenal game. And it was the Liverpool game. And it's interesting because I haven't mentioned the final. And the final, listen, I was wicked. The final was wicked. And we went there and had a great time, drink before and everything like that. But those three games, which were actually played in your own stadium, I mean, absolutely superseded those, you know, with the atmosphere, with the vibe, just, just, just everything coming home for me. And on that, that Bournemouth game, I was absolutely buzzing because, first of all, you have to remember that we had been locked in for two years. And we've gone inside the stadium. You were walking to the game, seeing people at the end, seeing for ages. Right, mate. Hey, Bill. How you doing, mate? Like you know. So you're meeting people. You've got that old vibe. You've gone two nil down on aggregate as well. Like you know, what I'm saying. So you've gone two nil down on aggregate, and you're like, oh no, like we're, too, oh, no, we're going to lose this. But next minute, the way we came back and we scored that goal, and the whole place went absolutely berserk. For me, that feeling was unbelievable. The, 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 the game on top of that, I thought the Arsenal game was wicked, but the Liverpool game as well on top of that, you know, if you had to say, take away the Bournemouth game, the, that Liverpool game was on another level. I know Dutch, you already talked about that. That game was just incredible and we're so lucky. And if, if we don't win another game this season, right, trust me, those games or that Liverpool game would live in my memory because it was, it was, we're so lucky to have been there. 
It's funny, I, ju- I just said to uh, Jim, I said, like, no one's mentioned the, the playoff final. And I, and I 100% agree with exactly what you just said, Bill. It was the fact that it was, it, that was just more of a relief than, than, than anything else. It was just like, thank fuck for that. And then the, the other games were like, it felt at home. The home, being at home, being surrounded by your mates and like more of them, and then going, setting off to go to the game against Bournemouth, it seems like an incredibly special time. And I'll, I'll never, ever forget that afternoon, never. Dave, I'm sure that we part, walked past Griffin Park and we had a little um, yeah, tipple that we did as we walked to the ground. So, yeah. good. Just quickly, and we're going to just in this little section here because we've been talking a lot because we've just been you know, we're reeling off. Our hearts are pumping what, as we're brilliant. Yeah, brilliant year. We're brilliant year, but you know, there's been some good parts, but there's been some terrible parts oh. of this year as well. I'm just going to oh, give us the most least enjoyable match with the fans. In 2021, I'm going to go to Jimmy Mack first. Um, probably, I mean, there hasn't been many really. But you know, it's been brilliant being back in the ground, and it's been a lasting feeling. Every game, I've, I've loved it, um, and obviously, it's been a, a, a journey the whole time. Probably would say the not so much for the football, but I think the Forest Green game, right? Remember that one, the first round of the cup, and it was back in the stadium, and it was a bit of a bit of a mess up with everyone sitting in different places. And we're in our seats and all assured that the West Ham's going to be pumping. And it wasn't that day. And I'm sort of going back to what I said earlier about oh, we knew the new ground was going to be all right. That was the day you thought, oh, no, this, this could go wrong if we, don't, if we don't talk this out. And the attitude was a bit weak. And they, this is a one on the pitch. So don't, only Forest Green with respect. Um, you know, we expect to win. They put a strong team out. But that, that was a bit of a worry. But, um, mate, it's been a, such a good year. That's a, that's a real, really minor, minor gripe. That works out as well. I'm going to actually choose myself next because if you go last, actually, you always end up uh, having everybody else's choices. I'm actually going to go for, for Burnley. Burnley away was my, my, was my, work, my, my least enjoyable match with fans. You know, played a number of games. And it, first of all, the trains were all messed up. You know, it took forever to get up to Burnley. You know, there's a rail replacement, you know, which we didn't mind because we thought, tell you something, it's going to be a bit of an adventure. You know what I'm saying? But also, it was, it was fairly cold that day. You know, rail replacement's a bit rubbish. You know, by the time we got there again, trying to find a decent place to drink and everything like that, it was okay. Then we walked into the ground. 3,000 Bees fans there, really potty for it. And literally, we just didn't turn up. We were just all over the place. And Burnley also were quite good. And it was one of those ones where when you go to a game and you think, within 10 minutes, we're not going to get anything out of this. We are not good at the races. We're not going to turn this around. And we didn't. And they absolutely thumped us. And then we went back and we thought, Jesus Christ, we have to get all the way home now. Rail replacement service, buses, buses cancelled, trying to get on the bus, there's trains back, this in the train. So that, for me, as an experience and a day out, and a football experience we talk about kick football out of football I mean if the football wasn't there then the experience outside the football was even more horrendous than the game itself you know what I'm saying so uh, Burnley definitely was my least enjoyable uh, Laney as a day out um, not necessarily as a result I thought my, work, my, my least enjoyable day watching Brentford was Palace, Palace away I thought it was, uh, it was a shocker. I, re- I really didn't enjoy that day at all. Um, uh, I thought it struggled across London. Um, I thought drinking before the game was very difficult. Um, it was, yeah, it, 
the, the, the result we'll probably look back and thinking that was that was a really really decent one and you know in, in that opening series of matches it was it, it was really tricky I think Connor Gallagher scores that goal in that miss um, early on it's probably a very very different uh, day out you know in terms of the perform in terms of the result as well but yeah I, that's I, I think the whole year, like Jim said, it's very difficult to pick out anything that's really stinky. But uh, yeah, that that day out for me, I didn't enjoy. GP. Yeah, no, I'm going to go for um, Brighton. Um, it's, uh, nobody. Brighton at home, is it? Yeah, Brighton at home. Nobody sat there and said, "Oh, great, you know, we're in the Premier League, we're going to be playing Brighton." But which is which is fi- which is fine, and you know, all right, teams like Brighton. But ultimately. Which is fine when you win those games, but when you lose to a last-minute goal, it's so deflating, and that's your first defeat. You know, they Arsenal draw with Liverpool. You lost to Brighton. Uh, the Francis man. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Spurs away. Uh, you can build a big flashy supersonic stadium, but it's still in Tottenham. And getting there after work is a ball ache. Personally, I felt the uh, stewards were a bit heavy-handed. Uh, and there, there were issues with us and uh, in, in, in my area as well. And you know what, describing but just squabbling and with the stewards that so were clearly looking for a, for a bit of a punch up. And you know, and, and bit, of ra- bit, of ra- bit of racism as well, from what yeah. I can hear. You know, I, I, you know, there were all sorts, and I, and it wasn't comfortable. And 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 you know what, we were we were average as a team. And you know what, don't get me wrong, you know, playing Spurs away, but it was just. All a bit average. Okay, the Dutchman. As a wise old man once said, don't go last because everyone else nicks your ideas. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think any of those I could have chosen. Without changing my tune, I would have gone for Spurs purely because, for me personally, that was a big game. Yeah, I had some special friends there and we look probably looking forward to that game for 30 years. And it was a great day. Keep football out of football up until... But I, I, the whole experience left me flat as well. Not so much, I didn't experience any of the problems that others did. Maybe, maybe I was probably just a bit too pissed to realise. Um, but it was a bit flat. The atmosphere was flat. The ground was a bit flashy, karaoke, as we spoke about previously. And we never really looked like winning, although we're never really out of it. Um, so, yeah, nothing wrong with it per se, but it was just a little bit ordinary for me. Um, and I expected so much more. Expecting so much more. Listen, you're going to get so much more out of this podcast. Our festive Christmas podcast we're going to call it because I can't, at this stage I can't even remember what we called it but anyway listen we're going to go to the pub we're going to get some more drinks and we're going to come back we're going to be blabbering even more as we're going to be going on and just reharking back on our 2021 year so we're back and like I said to you Christmas joy to you all and uh, I mean we're here in the pub here it's very Christmas here in the globe with all the lights are all the staff are there properly Christmas stuff there's a lovely Christmas vibe in here but we're going to hark our minds back to ghosts of Christmas past Laney could you think of a ghost of Christmas past for Brevard yeah the one the one that stands out for me Ipswich at home 1-0 down after 20 seconds on Boxing Day when you've got the whole family geared up to come down with you and watch it Stinker, mate. All right, uh, GP? Mm, I'd probably go for Ipswich. 3-0 down at half-time on Boxing Day. It's ridiculous. Jimmy, mate? 
Oh, it's got to be Ipswich after a fierce Christmas Day negotiation to get out of the house early on Boxing Day and to be 1 0 down off about 30 seconds. Disgraceful. The Dutchman. Ipswich. J Tab on the other team assisting against us. Happy bloody Christmas. <laughs> the Francis man. I'm going to go talky at home. Martin <laughs> Allen's. <laughs> proper rubbish <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go uh, it's got to be Ipswich isn't it? you know it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you know 3-1 down again you know we thought we could have come back when Saunders came back on 80th minute as well but again they just tucked us up with Smith on the 82nd minute 4-2 we ended up losing that game on Boxing Day we were absolutely getting but, but there were, there were, but there's some good things about that because we actually managed to uh, negotiate with Fullers to uh, basically just give free beer to Brentford fans and Ipswich fans as well I think it was up before, it was before and after the match, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, as well. So there was like untold gallons of beer in all the Brentford pubs. There's all the Brentford pubs with free beer on behalf of Beside. It was, and as you can imagine, I can't remember. <laughs> Because we tucked in, didn't yeah, we? That's right, that's right. They the, didn't accept the free J-Tab behind the bar. Yeah, that's right, yeah, J-Tab, yeah. There were, there were vouchers being slipped left, right and centre, weren't yeah, there? The ticket to touts, t- people were touting vouchers outside the pubs, weren't they? There was a lot of forgery going on, yeah. <laughs> Plenty skullduggery, yes. Yeah, that's right. So tip your hat to fillers. Thank you very much for the beer that we had. Uh, it went down very well, that's all I can say. Unfortunately, the Ipswich fans probably enjoyed it more than we... Actually, no, we enjoyed it a lot. Actually, it managed to wipe away the memory of that 4-2 loss I I would say no most definitely so uh, but anyway listen what we'd say is that you know we've had very many people you know that, that have messaged in and they listen to the podcast all over the world all over the globe and in England but what we found is that people seem to listen to the podcast in all sorts of unusual places I don't know if you remember if we had uh, we had Mick our mate Mick who came onto a very early podcast and uh, in the middle of the podcast he admitted to us that he actually listened to the podcast in the bath and uh, we nicknamed him Clean Mick because he was very clean, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, and because uh, he listened to the podcast in the back, you know, and in the bath, yeah. No, he wasn't dirty, Mick, he was clean, Mick. What I'd say is that Mick never came back on the podcast after that, you know, because uh, I think the cleanliness was, uh, was obviously... To... In the bath, he can't get out of the bath. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, actually, you know, we're talking about clean Mick, obviously, who listens in the bath. We're talking about people who listen to it in, in America, in Dubai, in in Hong Kong people listen to it in their boats and in their taxis and their cars where do you listen to the podcast what's the most unusual place that you've listened to the podcast the Francis Men I'm a creature of habit so, so what's been important to me over the last couple of years 18 months is that, that working from home I get out I get out for a walk and, and you know what listening to, to the podcast the Besotted podcast has been it, it's been really important it just you know, gives me a sense of that I'm not watching these games on my own. That, that we're all watching the games independently, individually, but 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 we come together through the podcast. So, creature of habit on my walks at lunchtime. Okay, I'm going to ask you as well because recently um, we had uh, myself and Laney we were on the Bruce Forsyth. Higher, higher, lower. We had a little competition because we found out that the podcast was being listened to all over the world, and we found out that Cyprus at the time and that week was like the, the number one listening place for the podcast it was like number nine in the charts but number four in the charts the week before the Francis man if you had any choice that in a country that you could listen to the podcast um, anywhere where would you listen I, you know it would have to be in Spain or, or um, uh, is it Spain Mallorca Mallorca you know uh, a bit. Palencia the north of the island love it maybe one day I might live there and I would be listening to it there I mean listen that's, that's lovely it's a 
It's a little bit boring, I have to say. That. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm not going to miss my words there. You, know what I'm you could have gone anywhere in the world and you're going... But it's fine, because that's what makes you happy, the Dutchman. I'm going to ask you, honestly. I've listened to it all, all over the globe. I've listened to it at the bar. I've listened to it in the saloon bar. I've listened to it in the garden. I've listened to it in the toilets. There's not a part of the globe I haven't listened to this podcast in so, uh, is that your answer then? Yeah. Uh, where, where's the most unusual poster? Uh, you know, like goes. I've listened to it around the world. It's, it's brilliant when you're away and you do miss a game um, to catch up for it, not bigging ourselves up. But it's fantastic to listen to it. Um, unusual places? No, not really. I'm not going to go down bath routes and all those kind of things. It's, let's just call it global. Laney, I'd like to listen to it in the Isle of Wight. And why is that then? Because I like it. No, um, the, the the weirdest place I've um, I've actually appeared on the podcast. Well, do you remember when I was um, in Egypt and um, you had um, some sort of lounge music going on in the background and we couldn't we couldn't. Yeah, it was out. terrible. It yeah. was. It was. Yeah. I oh, don't blame me. Yeah. Blame, blame the Egyptian government. Yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's the that's the the strangest place I think I've recorded the podcast from. Um, I, I'd like I, to be honest with you. I'm not a massive cr- cricket fan, but I would actually be like I would actually like to be listening to it from Australia now. Um, I, I, I could I would like a little bit of Ashley's action at the moment. A bit, sun, bit of sunshine, bit of beer, bit of sport. GP, unusual? No, not really. Probably the only place I've you know really been um, in the last recent years is Grenada. So I mean I can't imagine there's many people in Grenada listening to it, although. I suspect after oh, our start to the season, I suspect after the, our start to the season, there's probably a few more than they were in the past. Because I, I generally get get messages from a bit of Grenada saying, "Brentford, wasn't that the team that you support?" <laughs> and where would you love to be uh, a listen to it? You know, if, if, yeah, anyway. Um, I'd probably say in the Champions League final, watching Brentford. You, you listen to a podcast during the Champions League final. Yes, we might be losing. Okay, GP. We got the uh, Jimmy Mac. Um, I do remember once uh, being on a uh, work trip in Riga and having a um, do like a like a run and marathon or something coming up. So I did like a little training run around Riga. So I went the headphones in, sneak out for a quick run. Podcast goes on. Um, head out. I'll do a few miles out. Come back. All of a sudden, the headphones go, all the sound goes missing. Oh, no. Battery's gone. Billy's no longer in my ears. But crucially, Google Maps is also gone. I've escaped the city. The English-speaking mile perimeter of the hotel is out the way. So, very lost in Riga. Ended up um, maybe three or four hours lost, missing around. could find not a one, anyone who spoke a word. Um... Yeah, that was the most interesting podcast experience. Um, yeah, ended up with probably about four or five miles running about trying to find my way home. But I got there in the end, so here I am today, which is, which is lovely. Yeah. And where would you love? Yeah, where would you love to listen to the podcast? You know, what country? Anywhere? Um, Absolutely anywhere, mate. You know what? I just love to listen to it on an airplane journey, going somewhere fun again. Because um, I used to like my little trips, mate, and uh, I feel like I haven't had one in so long. So uh, maybe going to, going for a little trip to Vegas or something next year, just settling. On an, aer- on an airplane going somewhere fun can be anywhere but I do like the Ashes idea actually right now maybe being in, in, in um, you know what we spoke, we spoke about Boxing Day earlier MCG maybe Boxing Day tests Ashes that'd be blinding wouldn't it indeed indeed and the Dutchman 
Well, the only bit you didn't ask me. I'll come back to you again, tonight. But you didn't actually ask me where I wanted to listen to it. I mean, it actually sounds really, really good. Um, although I can't quite imagine sitting and listening. No offence to us talking bollocks while I'm watching the cricket um, in Australia. But yeah, for me, anywhere, in a beach, Caribbean, um, maybe in advance of a test match rather than during the test match. Um, somewhere hot, somewhere that isn't here. Let's go. It's all good. And, and for me, it's, it's difficult because I can't say, I can't go anywhere unusual because basically I'm always recording the podcast in this country. You know what I'm saying? I haven't, I haven't had the joy of actually kind of actually recording it anywhere else, anywhere else. Even though saying that, you know, when we did record the podcast in, uh, in Dundalk, that was quite good, but we didn't really listen to it till we got back. So that was actually quite a lot of fun. So for me, I can't really name anywhere else because you know what you do you, you record a podcast you, 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 you edit it you mix it down and then you listen back to make sure that you haven't said anything libelous basically right, you know what I'm saying so but I have to admit that I've taken it and I have to say this I've taken a leaf out of a clean mix book actually and, I, and I've listened to it once or twice in the bath as well at least I do and I just wanted to relax as well like, you know yeah so you can call it clean bill as it is you know what I'm saying you know but if you're going to ask me where I would like to listen to the podcast I would actually love to go to Nepal right you know yeah just somewhere really unusual you go to Nepal you know maybe on top of the mountain somewhere and sit down and just chill out have a look down and listen to the podcast not a hotel in Denmark actually no we won't talk about any activity at a hotel in Denmark we will move on quite rapidly actually and it's the uh, Nations League draw actually on Thursday and uh, Britain and UK England have a chance of actually playing Denmark in that, which could be quite a flashback for me if we get Denmark in the mark with that territory flashback. But anyway, we shall move on from that actually. So uh, we talked about that. Uh, biggest surprise of 2021. I'm going to come to the Dutchman. Going to my first game at Lionel Road and finding a big fucking glass screen in front of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't gone down particularly well in our section actually. The club decided to erect a huge screen with metal around it which actually just obscures your view and we're up the front dysfunction that's what he's got uh, yes anyway you move on so that's that, that hasn't gone down particularly well in our area so yes um, the Dutchman um, uh, GP not fucking up the playoff for, for a change oh so basically you're happy that we won at Wembley is what you're saying yeah so after all those defeats and things like Yeovil which I was in counselling after after Yeovil <laughs> but, but yeah after all those times actually turning up and I remember I said like on the day I feel strange and I couldn't work out what a strange feeling was and it was just that you know that sense of dread that you normally have when you're trudging to Wembley for another defeat just wasn't there like, you know I just felt and I said I'm not sure if I'm just used to losing or I think we're going to win but it turned out to be the latter. Seeing Brentford top of the Premier League after 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 a date. Well, after after, after after one game, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's a fact. We were top of the Premier League, so that was incredible, and it won't be the last time. Jimmy, mate. Yeah, you know what I was going to say that as well. We, we were king king for a day, fool for a lifetime. Uh, we were top of the Premier League for 24 hours in my lifetime. Thank you very much. We should have cancelled football at that very moment, really. We should have found. We should have done a. Um, remember that time in Man United bottle playing Brentford for COVID. We should have. We should have left football. We should have found a way never to play again. But along with that, I will just quickly say the quality of the Guinness as well at the new ground. It, the, I was worried that we weren't going to get a good pint. We get a very good pint of Guinness at, uh, at, the, at the new ground. Probably something to do with London Irish. I'm sure they said this has to happen, and that's been a, that's been a, a very pleasant surprise. A bit niche. 
but I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, just on, on top of that, going top, was just seeing Brentford the centre of the football world because it was it was the only game that, that the whole world press could talk about the sporting press so it was it, the, the goals were on loop the league table was on loop there was there was no other results for anyone else to talk about Brentford were the centre of the footballing world my response to this is going to be boring again but I would say that surprise disappointment is that we let Henrik Dalesgaard go maybe a season too early and if you look at the team and the fact that we've been looking for that right-sided wing-back and there were a couple of things that Dalesgaard did last year that when we lost him for five or six games to his run-in when he came back against Bournemouth away it was superb so, so for me without having his replacement and we've been linked to all these wonder players in Brazil and Belgium and everything else, we should have kept Henrik for another year. And I'd say, I mean, it may not be a surprise, but I think it is because considering Ivan Tony scored about 475 goals last season, the fact that he decided to stay with Brentford this season, stick with us and just do the business and say, look, I want to try and help Brentford, get them up the league and score goals with them. For me, that was actually a big surprise because he could have gone... I would say anywhere, but he could have gone to a lot of other places, but he stepped with us. So that was my big surprise of uh, 2021. I've actually got another surprise, which uh, I, should, I didn't mention, but I should have. Um, genuine surprise. It was just after the celebration of, of the player final win. And I uh, left, here, left, left the globe, actually, about half past four in the morning. Absolutely, you know, off celebrating, but very, very, very drunk. Get to bed about five o'clock. And at half six, and you know, I remember the last person to say goodbye to the pub was Billy. And about half six in the morning, after an hour and a half sleep, my, my kids run in and they wake me up and I'm here to all over the place and they put the telly on. And I, to, my, to my surprise, Billy B's live on BBC. <laughs> 90, 90, minutes, 90 minutes earlier, he's in the pub. And now he's live on telly. I'm like, this can't be right. Um, listen, I have to, listen, I have to admit, and listen, we had a wicked night that night as well, remember. And the thing about it is that what happened is it got about four in the morning and then the shots came out as well. Do you remember? And the shots were happening and everything like that. But to be fair to Callum, like, you know, who was the manager here at the time, he knew that I had to be live on the BBC at six o'clock and we were still drinking. And he said, look, Bill... I'm going to have to send you home because you're on the television in an hour. Like you know what I'm saying, and I wasn't, I wasn't happy at all. But in the end, he sort of put me in a cab and got me home. And I sort of stumbled in. My daughter, to be fair, she came down because she came down and says, "Hello, Dad." Right? She sorted me out, cup of tea, put me down there, and she kind of sat with me and sort of guided me through the television show because she had a match that morning as well. So to be fair to her, she she helped me. When, when, when haven't you been? In, when haven't you been on telly in 2021? Uh, <laughs> listen, I can't, I can't answer that question. I, uh, Your Honour, I cannot, I cannot uh, uh, answer. <laughs> I, I, I think it was more, you and your daughter was more like a ventriloquist act. She was just pressing you open your mouth and doing all the talking. Now, you weren't really there, you were there in body only. Yeah! Just also surprise, big shout out to Shandon Baptiste. A lad that I'd not seen play, he's come into the Premier League. And he's a proper player. He's a baller. And he's going to be a big player for us. He is, indeed. I'm going to ask you, there's a couple of other questions, and we're going to go back and get another beer in a minute. What was your best 
moment of 2021 and it doesn't actually no I'll tell you we're going to go back and flip it what's your worst moment of 2021 and it doesn't have to be on the pitch either it could be anything your worst moment of 2020 it could be anything at all of that year that lockdown non-lockdown year should I go oh, Jimmy Mack uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure it's the worst. Definitely the weirdest moment was when uh, Monty Panasar hijacked our success in the championship. <laughs> and for a couple of weeks, Panasar was our main man. And he keeps popping out a press interview saying, and the bees will be humming. Yeah, and it was just, and then, he, knew, he, he knew nothing about football at all, did he? And then he was gone. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you know, non-footballing it has to be my... Um, my girlfriend's father passing away at the beginning of the year, um, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, you know, it really did. Obviously, it was around the time of us beating Newcastle and going into that um, that game against Spurs. So it was, although that was good and Brentford in good form, it was a real downer because I wasn't kind of around West London at the time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say is lo- losing some good people. Um, I think there's a lot of Brentford fans that aren't, aren't here with us to share this, uh, this Premiership dream. Um, Beckles recently was, was someone, Adrian Beckles losing him. It's been a, a succession of really, really good Brentford people that just aren't here. And I, 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 I was quite affected by Greville, Greville Waterman, who's uh, a Brentford, he's a beside regular. Um, him losing his wife and seeing how it affected his family was, uh, was something um, uh, that I struggled with this year. So, yeah, I, I'd say like, lo- lo- losing good people. Yeah, and for me, I mean, it'd be very easy for me to say because obviously going to England, 15 tournaments for England, loving watching them play, them being in your own home turf, and this was the time, this was our moment where we were at home and we played Italy, and Italy were not that great, it has to be said, and it was in the bag, and we went there and we lost against Italy in the European um, Euro final at Wembley. England lost to Italy. Now, I'd say that was the most gutting moment, but actually, no, I won't do it. I said, what happened after that with the racist abuse that happened after the Euro final was, I said, what, the worst moment for me of 2021 because it just reflected and just showed me exactly what is going on in and around England that people try and turn around and say, tell you something, it's all right, and everything was all fine. I don't think it's all fine. And for me, it really drilled at home. And I was on television again, as Lady would say, the following morning with my daughter, who she said it really clearly and she was just she was really upset she's the one that told me as we were trying to get home that night in a taxi about you know how she was disappointed about it and we'll listen we're going to read out a little tweet from a guy who's not happy about us talking about these type of things because he thinks it's too woke and all this kind of nonsense but listen if you're not interested in this because you know don't listen you know we've got a platform and we're allowed to say what we want to do and the fact is that we talk about football but we also talk about things which are important to us and that's important to me being a black football fan who's gone to football for years and at the end of the day waking or, or hearing that after a match showing what people are like it's not good so for me that was the worst moment of 2021 because it shows that everyone says we've really moved on we haven't really moved on there's a long way to go and if people cannot be reflective and people can't actually understand that and understand why somebody like me might be disappointed and angry then you need to just like sit down and just look at yourself is all I'm going to say but anyway just don't listen I mean you know, the, the more the more that your people like you are offended, the more I realise we're saying the right stuff. So, uh, see you later. It's all good. So, listen, but let's turn it on its head because this is Christmas time. This is the time for cheer. And I'm going to ask you, what is your best 
moment of 2021 and it does not have to be on the pitch anyone getting waving their hands in the air oh we got the chimney mate um, well listen I think finally we should give the proper player final thing a, um, a mention here and not just really because it was on the pitch but I mean after the win the game was a bit of a haze but afterwards that the celebration that went on to the wee hours the singing in the pub uh, the feeling around the town I, I, I live here the feeling around the town for the weekend afterwards it was just a real high that I'd never experienced I remember being in, in, the, in the, the comedy club the next stand in the Chiswick um, everyone celebrating there in the high road the scenes in Kew Bridge with the flares that, that, that was real magic I, I really loved that, that was, the, the atmosphere all around the wind was just, was just special for me getting back together with my, my mates who I go to football with after you know a stop start for so long not seeing everybody watching them on your own or with restricted mates or getting back in different pubs going to the ground new bars new places to go but sitting around the table like this with people obviously worried about developments and where it's going to go from here but you know the fact that we've had some opportunity to at least some of the experience the promotion the Wembley um, you know the start of the Premier season and getting into our new ground so I think just really yeah getting back together with the Brentford community and enjoying what's happening at the moment I, I enjoyed three really profound things in a week I, I watched the, the Bournemouth comeback at the stadium uh, and I timed it to fly off to Portugal for a week um, get some sunshine and I never I didn't think that was going to happen and I timed it just right and uh, I, got my, I got my two day pass back and it was all fine and then went to Wembley and saw Brentford win and it felt like life was starting to come back and I was doing all the things uh, meeting my mates going to football starting to travel again um, it, it, it was a, a cracking week um, and I'll ne- again a week never to be forgotten Francis men I, for me, it was without doubt Wembley uh, and the fact that, like most of the guys, like all you guys, uh, you know, I remember '91 away at Tramia when we lost one 0 and that's our first ever playoff semi yeah, uh, playoff uh, match. You know, I drove up and drove back the same night with my father and my brother at the time, and 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 just being able to experience that day back in in April May May time with both my sons, my nephew, and, and we even got a ticket for my daughter, so the five of us were there. The, the, the build up before no alcohol if I remember in the grounds and we were Wembley Way and just having really great vibe and there were Swansea fans that were hanging around with us as well and, and you know I spent the last 10 minutes walking up and down the concourse because I was that and my, son, my youngest son came out and joined me but, but the reality is that we had made it was so much fun the, the regret that I have is that I didn't come back down here which I did when we were promoted to the championship back in 14 and we chose to go into to, to Clapham uh, that's that's a bit of a regret but 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 that day well it's just so special and, and for me I mean I'll have to say actually it was actually a double promotion for me as well again and the, and the reason why I say this that you may or may not know but I talked about that I when it came to lockdown I was kind of strong-armed into coaching my, my daughter's football team, which I didn't want to do because I knew that I went to football every Saturday. So why would I want to coach a football team on a Saturday morning? But when lockdown came, which meant that we had no football on a Saturday, it meant that I had something else to fill my Saturdays. And I kind of got into it, started really enjoying doing it, and had a really wicked set of girls. And between them and Brentford, Brentford are doing fantastic that season as well. And that team we built up from nothing, and they did fantastic that season. So coaching them with my man, DJ Dave, who may or may not be listening now. Who, and I love the fact also that DJ Dave, whose daughter 
wasn't really into football now, but she now has a season to get at Brentford. She doesn't even live around there. She lives in Barnet, so she's got a season to get now from Brentford from all this kind of stuff. But and I'm saying that, coaching that team and getting a double promotion with Brentford at Wembley, as the Francis Mann has talked about, which is wonderful, and as well as the team that I then get promotion, that for me made it a, a really, really good first half of the year. It was really enjoyable, and I really loved it in spite of the fact that we were coming out of lockdown it was all really happy it's almost like it just lifted the spirits of everything so that's for me was like you know it was like my best moment the double promotion as it is like you know so he's going but anyway listen we've had a good chat here but we need to go to the bar the globe have been taking fantastic care of us as we say we're going to go to the bar get ourselves a few more drinks as well then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about our 2021 So here we are, we are listening here, we are in the globe, carrying on with a Christmas theme as it is, and uh, we thought we've got some good players at Brentford, but what would happen if they were, you know, if we were to sign some Christmas-themed Brentford players, who would we sign? Laney? I'm having two, mate. I'm going for... Two, mate? What, two, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm having two players. I'm going to Christi- Christmasify two players. I'm going to have Brian and Bauble, which um, is, is one of the best current players. And I'm going to have Missle, Missle Tony Folan. They're, oh, they're, my, they're my two. Okay, yes. uh, JP, have you got, have you got any? Uh, have you got any at all? I think, I'm thinking that we need a nice diminutive striker. Maybe Snoker 4. Oh, Snoker 4, okay, that's all right. Uh, the Dutchman. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Francis Joseph, you can't ask me that. Um, <laughs> um, I, I thought I liked um, Charlie Gooking Wenceslas and that one, but I'll have a late entry oh. with Once in Raya David City. Oh, oh okay, interesting. And uh, Jimmy Mack. Um, uh, slightly different angle. Can I go for like a top three Christmas songs, uh, Brentford players? So I'm going to go for in at number three. I'm going to go for E17, uh, Ray Another Day. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go for number two, The Darkness, Christmas Time, Don't Let the BL End. Oh. And uh, number one, Band-Aid, Uwe Know It's Christmas. Oh, so. there you go. Very good, very good, very good. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Off the cuff, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Don't stick to the script because he knows what he's doing anyway, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the Francis man. A little bit of help with this one, but I'm going to go with Zanka Claus. Oh, Zanka Claus, anyone as well? Um, uh, uh, yeah, go God us, God us rest, you a merry Christmas. Yeah, Christmas, nor God. Oh, God us rest, you merry gentlemen, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever you just said, you're, you're making words up. Um, yeah, Christmas, nor, Christmas, nor God, which I thought was a classic one. Thomas Tom, Frankincense. Tom, Thomas Frankincense. That's a very good one, actually, yeah. And, and just a shout-out uh, for a bit of help with that one. So, Adam, cheers, mate. <laughs> OK, as well. Holly, Holly Watkins. Holly Watkins. That's right, as well. And fair play to Lewis, who's meant to be here today, but he's uh, he's decided to do the safety factor as well, which is fair and fair play. Got to tip his hat to his Lewis Holmes, the B, who did his first podcast at the weekend review, was it last weekend, the weekend before, and he went for Scott partridge in a pear tree as well like you know you put your hand up is it hand up no oh, it's just a reflex reaction was it like you know what i'm saying okay um there's uh actually i'm not sure if this is quite christmasy terry heavens no 
No, no, it's not Christmas Eve. No, it's rubbish. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, there's also Mer Perth Harris as well. Maybe. No. No, you're not happy with that one as well. Like, you know. Anyway, listen, we should move on. We should move on because this is going downhill very, very rapidly, as they say. I'm going to ask you, um, listen, we play some good football, but, you know, also we've been, we've been pulled into a little bit of, as they call it, shit housing. You know, and I just want to ask you, what was the... Because I know you were very excited about this, the uh, Francis man. You, you were like, oh, no, we, we can't scrap this. We can't scrap this category at all. If anything, we scrap everything else and leave this one. So you tell me, what was the best shithousing of 2021? Something very recent. And I'm going to go with the Leeds podcast, the Square Ball. And, and there are a number of reasons why. Yes. It's that I'm enlightened to the fact that I know what their target audience is. What's that then? It's, it's their target audience. What is what? what is, uh, it's the Leeds fans. Okay. Their target audience is the least fans. And I'm also to the benefit that... Say that I was wrong at all. I've got a couple of Leeds mates who they listened to 10 minutes of it and they said, I've got to switch this off. I couldn't listen. Right. This is, this is shithousery here, isn't it? So, so, so um, satire. I'm also in, really informed what satire is. However, the biggest is this. I could just imagine you two sitting in the car on your way to Leeds listening to it thinking who are these fucking wankers job done and without getting into a Kevin Keegan and I'd love it but, but I do believe they've got to come down to us the last game of the season and I would love it I would love it if they needed to get something out of that game I'll leave it there there you go. So that's your best. Oh, that's, 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 so that's, that's your best potential shit housing, is it? Or is it? Well, at the end of it, but the shit housing was the fact that why did you guys up? And I listened to it, and it was just, you know, you loved it. Like, oh, just yeah. yeah. This is all good. This is all good. And have you, if you've actually noticed, myself and Laney have said nothing about the game at the end of the season. We said nothing about anything like that because we're moving on. Yeah. Because whatever happens, as I say, the Dutchman. I sometimes think your target audience is Leeds fans, Billy, to be honest with you. <laughs> I will go for... If I wanted to be a player and be shit shithouser, we've had the Malpe and we're like, I thought James Madison did it pretty well. You know, he, he, he took the, the role as Panto villain all game <laughs> and then he came out on top and he celebrates in front of us as he should. Um, so I'll give him shithouser of, of the Premier year so far. Indeed. Jimmy, mate. Quite like the... Um, and I might get a game wrong here, but I think it was the Leicester game. Uh, again, not Madison, but I think Schmeichel was doing the old roll around edge of the box and uh, winding up Tony with then the old petty shithousery of going for his multiple bottles of water behind the goal and squeezing them as hard as he could, emptying them all out while he was rolling around injured. Just to, 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 just to wind, just to get the fans going. You remember that one? <laughs> he would have, he would have, yeah. He would have pissed in the bottle and fed it to him, yeah. I like, that. I like that, it was just, you know, that was a very small victory on the day of a defeat. I'll go David Reyes, um, dodgy, dodgy glove tear um, away, at, away at Wolves. And uh, I, I defended it as uh, possibly legitimate at the time, and I'm less, <laughs> less convinced it was legitimate now. 
now that now there's no Wolves fans listening to it. I mean, to be fair, we all could have picked a different one from the Wolves game, couldn't we, for the yeah, second yeah, half? Yeah, yeah. There was so much of it going on. Sorry, Madison, of course, Leicester, not Norwich. He was he was at Norwich, and he was a shithouser there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leicester was the one I was talking about. I'd probably pick up at Zanka. Um, was it with Moyes when he gave the ball back to Moyes? Was it gave the ball back to Moyes? Yeah, yeah, as well because uh, because they were complaining about our time wasting as well, weren't they? You know what I'm saying? So they're complaining about our time wasting. So of course Zanka, like you know, he kind of gave it back to Moyes at the time, and uh, they weren't very happy about that at the time. You know? Moyes is not very happy anyway. He really is not very happy tonight because we've just seen that Arsenal have beaten them two nil. You know, so uh, they they've gone down. You know, so Arsenal have gone where Brentford. Have gone a couple of couple of couple of couple of couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, even. So this is all good. So listen, we move oh, on from. The sorry, can I just have one more? Oh, no. Thomas Frank waving to the Leeds fans at the end of the game. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've got to say also Sergio Canos doing a malpay in front of the Leeds fans after scoring. I mean, for me, I was I'd be hands over my thinking. Oh no, he hasn't done that, has he? Because malpay doing it was bad enough, but Sergio Canos doing it was quite bad. I just wish he didn't go down when the bottle hit him. Because it was just, it was, it was all set for the ultimate part three of shit out against the Leeds fans player out there, and then like the empty plastic bottle hits him, and he goes to the deck, and it kind of, kind of undone it, kind of undone the brilliance to me. Sergi, stand up, you made the stronger stuff. Yes. That's right, that's right. So listen, we talk about the biggest shit housing on twenty twenty one. How about the biggest? And we use the word cock, the biggest idiot, the biggest cock of twenty twenty one. Anybody got their hands up in there, lady? Oh, lady's like right in there. That, that absolute idiot behind the goal at Crystal Palace, the the, the guy with the, the brown coat, the turtleneck jumper that was spent the whole of the afternoon trying to trying to um, slit his own throat in some sort of gesticulation that we were going to get our throats cut after the game, and he was then led away before the final whistle by the police um, or the stewards. Just an utter cock. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, GP. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mark Warburton because he's doing well at QPR. That's enough. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Begovic. Uh, Bournemouth. The Bournemouth keeper? Bournemouth keeper. Playoff semi-final? Playoff semi-final. And, you know, chasing Ivan Tony down the uh, pitch to, to, to grab the ball, then going down and all the shenanigans probably put their team off as well. So Begovic gets my vote. Dutchman? Dutchman. I think it was pre-season West Ham when we came out of the game after the friendly and there was a well to give him his new official crowning title cock who was um, he managed to park himself in the ground and couldn't get out and he just decided to beep his horn for about 20 minutes and the more he beeped his horn the more everyone boxed him in and then he came out with a my wife's not well she's giving birth I've got kids in the back they're not well and everyone just took it upon themselves to actually keep him trapped in the grounds for as long as they possibly could really uh, <laughs> <cock>. <laughs> Jimmy Mack um, if you can cast your mind back to that time we were in that league called the Championship there's a very handsome young fellow called Steve Cooper who the ladies used to drool over but after every game he spewed bitterness and anger and fury often aimed at the luck that Brentford were getting when in reality he was on first name terms with the referees who had given him penalties in the last minute where he was smugly clapping because his dad was Keith Cooper who was head of the referees who knew all the fucking referees who probably fucking babysitted him when he was younger that's why he got all the fucking penalties and he still lost in the playoff final to can't so uh, he's the cock for me Steve Cooper 
Anybody else? Anybody else on the on the on the cockiness front at all? There's no more cockiness going on, no. Oh, it's been it's, it's been it's been lots. You know, there, there there has been lots, and there'll be plenty more to come. Uh, you know, we're we're still little old Brentford, and uh, a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of players will come and they'll play us, and they'll expect just for us just to roll over and when it doesn't go their way they'll start misbehaving so this time next year we'll have a longer list than what we've got now listen we're going to go back we're going to have another another beer I mean how many many beers we got now and we're going to come back and we're going to finish this podcast off talking about more Christmas cheer So here we are, Christmas cheer. And listen, Christmas cheer to all of you lot out there. Like I said, you, you're counting down to Christmas Day with your family, with your friends, with everybody. Listen, you know, we've had lockdown. We've had terrible times in the last couple of years, but we want everyone to just enjoy themselves. Hopefully you're enjoying this podcast. I'm here sitting here with my chums in the globe who have been taking absolutely fantastic care of us. And what we're saying is that we're just, well, we're talking Brentford and we're talking Christmas. And the, the question we ask is, look, listen, if anything is possible this Christmas, what would you ask for under your Christmas tree? I'm going to ask the Francis man in the house. We got Man City after Christmas. So I'd be, uh, if anything were possible, three points against City. Come on, you bees. Oh, there you go, the Francis man. He's not asking for much, especially after Leeds. Allegedly, apparently... Lost by how much was it? I don't know what it was. Seven. Was it seven? I've got no idea, you know what I'm saying? But it's irrelevant. Anyway, we should move on. The Dutchman. I shall keep it football related. I would like us to be retrospectively awarded three points for the Man United game. For them pulling out because a couple of players had a little sneezy cold. And then were able to get back to work the next day, same as normal. So what we're talking about is the Man United game was called off. Uh, on the about, about just before midnight, the day before the game as well, and Man United shut down their training ground and everything like that. And then a day later, they shut the, uh, their training ground open again, and everything was all fine. And listen, there's no conspiracy theories here, but mm, you have to ask the question. If their game at the weekend isn't cancelled, then what game? Do we don't know yet. What, what game? Whatever weekend it may be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, whatever weekend it may be, Man United may be cancelled. It might not be. But at the end of the day, look, we know what is going on here. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Mac. Um, well, Man United's game. No, I mean, um, what um, I'm going to go for is if anything is possible. I mean. You've got to look up, haven't you? I just think that if we've had a real hard run of luck, I feel, with injuries, and maybe it's a test of this league and, you know, the physicality of it, it brings players down. But I, I don't think this league is as good as it's cracked up to be. And I think if we, have, have, if we keep our players... Fit, so, hold on a second. You're saying that the Premier League's rubbish? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's obviously <laughs> a lot of quality in this league. There is a lot of quality in the league, right? But I think if the stars align, there's a potential Wembley trip here. It's a potential Wembley trip to come here. Maybe about two. So, so you're talking about so you're talking about us beating Chelsea? Then is that what you're saying? Well, I mean Chelsea's. Let's not beat about the brush here because you're being very vague. Well, it's perhaps probably already. I don't know what day it is, so I don't want to talk necessarily about Chelsea because maybe maybe we could beat them. Maybe we've already beat them. I don't know when, when we go out, Bill. But uh, it could be the FA Cup final. It could be the League Cup final. But I think a run together. I mean, this team is good enough to get a run together. Take us to Wembley this year of all years. We win at Wembley these days. I'd love to go back and win some uh, proper silverware. 
So if we haven't beaten Chelsea, you want us to beat Chelsea. If we've beaten Chelsea, then we're going to all day the final. This is what you're saying. So basically, if anything is possible, you just magic it up and you just make whatever going to happen as you so, want it to so, be. So we've had, we've had the beating Man City. We've had getting to a cup final. Even even if we lose so the I'm, quarterfinal, we get there anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go for, um, we qualify for the European Conference. We finish seventh. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go we, we invest... We invest in the team in January. We get people like Josh De Silva back, and we get uh, all our players back to fitness, and we, we finish we finish seventh and relegate Leeds. Oh, you've got you've got you've gone for two. You've gone for two. What if you had to choose one between the two? Two for yeah. I'm happy with that. Cheapy. Yeah, I think we need to get what I would like is I'd like Brentford to get a. Eileen Drury style faith healer in just to keep these players ticking over because obviously we haven't got the biggest squad in the league but just keep these players ticking over and when we had a settled team with no injuries we saw you know we were kind of towards the top half starting to struggle a bit once we started to pick up the injuries and with our with our squad not being as big just really want to keep everybody fit so we can get as many points as we can and get as high as possible up that table and for me, if anything is possible, I would quite simply have Josh De Silva come back either as good as or even better than he was before he left us. Because I think if we do that, people are going to go, hold on a second, what's going on here at Brentford? This is a new team because we've got a finger in the dam at the moment now, but we just need a little fresh injection. And I think he will be a fresh injection. So listen, we've got a few more little categories here as we're going to go into. Listen, what is your player of 2021 uh, and this is like I said you don't forget 2021 starts in January and goes all the way to December the Francis men you know what it's hard to, to, to pick or choose anybody against Ivan Tony, and, and it's just, just not just about his goals but his work rate and what he brings to the team so, so it may well be that you guys uh, identify Tony. I'm going to pick out Christian Norgard we put him into the back four towards the end of last season and you know what he did a great job in shoring up that defence and bringing some stability to it into the Premier League season he has been such a key player for us so my shout my player Christian Norgaard the Dutchman Christian Norgaard I think he's exceptional I just I watched him on Friday I just spent a uh, 10 minutes of the game just watching him and he, I've never seen anyone win the ball back like he does even when he loses it himself he just nicks it wins it and when I saw the stats come up on Sky that he's won the most tackles in the Premier League the Premier League the whole Premier League you know, the league we're in with Man City and Man United and Liverpool and all these, these small teams Leeds um, and he's top of it and he just <laughs> nicks the ball back he's just awesome and I, I, I'm convinced he can play anywhere You know, he can play in the back as a few of us have said that he probably should occasionally um, he's an absolute quality and he's probably one of the finest players ever to play for us. So, yeah. uh, The Jimmy Mack. Yeah, literally you can't argue with Norgard and Tony getting mentions. They're both sensational. Um, but I don't want to go over old ground, so it's got to be Charlie Good, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he went up front for that game, he really rewrote the role of centre-forward. And then... He's never played there since. It might be the best cameo I've ever seen for a centre forward, and I'm just lucky I was there to witness it. But um, in, in all, in, but so, it's quite a serious point now. I do love the fact that in this year where you thought it had to all be very sort of professional and tried and tested, we get thrown this 
cult hero curveball of Charlie Good. He never played. He had a mystery illness last year. You thought, all right, this one, the, 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 the DOFs never get sent half wrong, really. But maybe this one didn't work. And then he's thrown it at the deep end because we're seven, seven, he's number seven, probably cho- seventh choice. Um, centre back, that is not centre forward. Um, he's actually third choice centre forward. But seven choice centre half. And he, he's on the pitch. And he's making tackles. His confidence grows. He's winning headers. He's, you just seen the guy grow and the fans getting behind him. So I've really loved, I've really enjoyed seeing that Charlie Good story, that development, and the, and him come out of his shell. And it's probably the last, well, it is the last five six weeks, but that's been a real real plus. So I want to see him continue on his journey. And um, yeah, at centre half though, but Charlie Good's been a sensation. I'll, I'm going to give it to Sergi Canos in that case because I think it's, it's, there's not many players that have been asked to reinvent themselves during the close season, and, and he's done that. You know, you can you can blame the DLS for not strengthening strengthening ourselves, and you know it was mentioned earlier we let Henry Dalsgaard go. Um, he he could have done a job this year still for Brentford in the Premier League. Sergi Canos has had to step in. Um, it's not his it's not his natural role. It's not his preferred role probably. But he'll do anything for Brentford Football Club. And not only has he stepped in, he's provided already some incredible crosses and he's scored some very important goals for us. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Christian Norgard and Ivan Tony are the ones that are obviously the, the actual players of the year. But Sergio Canos, take a bell, my friend. Yeah, so, I mean, first choice would be Norgard. Again, I think this stat show he's won the most... Sort of tackles in the league <laughs> in all the teams. That was an amazing stat. Um, but I'd like to give again a shout Canos as well. Haven't really, you know, Canos. And for me, it's really Canos and um, and Pontus because a lot of the, you know I was in whispers before the season, thinking, well, you know, if we go up, we need to we'll need to improve on them. And the pair of them were just taken to the Premier League like ducks to water. You know, I think they've had very good, strong performances. As I said. You know, Pontus is up against you know some ridiculously fantastic players, and he's not looked out of place at all. You know, as you said, Canos has been not in his number one position, but you know he's not let us down. And he's done very well in that position. So okay, and and for me, listen, you've all said it as well. Listen, what first of all, I say to you is that you've talked about number players, like. Even players that have only been there half a the season, people like Aya, I think, have been instrumental to us. Like you know, what I'm saying, I think that you know, you know, Yenel has been absolutely instrumental to us, and I love him as well. Like you know what I'm saying, obviously, Ivan Tony goes without saying, absolutely brilliant player. And Bumo, listen, brilliant player. Listen, he's been unlucky, and it's really difficult because you go through this. You know, Rico Henry played some wicked games, and Canos, you talked yeah. about him, Laney. You know, Ethan Pinnock, oh my God, David that Ray. player is on another another record. David Ray, listen, these players have been absolutely brilliant for us. But I'm going to come back to what you've talked about, about Norgard. Norgard, when I look at that guy and I just think, listen, when you're missing, we are, I'm not saying trouble, but we are, a, we are a different side. Last season, when you went missing, you know, we had to try and reinvent ourselves and we tried to build our team around you. When you weren't there, it was difficult for us now. You are an absolutely brilliant player. He's an absolutely fantastic player. And, you know, listen, we're lucky to have him. And, you know, whether or not he's going to be here next season or the season after, I've got no idea. You know what I'm saying, but he, listen, he's a top, top player. Christian Nogard, for me, is the Brentford player of 2021. Listen, we're going to finish up just quickly. Have we talked about the goal? The goal of the season? 
We're going to talk about the goal of the season. We talk about the goal of the season. We're going to finish up and just talk about the goal of 2021 for you. The thing that has made your cockles feel very warm. I'm going to go to Laney first. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say um, Marcus Force's goal, the third goal um, against Bournemouth, where that sent us completely do lally. Um, I think that the significance of that. Will, will never be forgotten. Um, I, I, I almost I almost went for Mark Condes's at Wembley. Beautiful build-up play, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Marcus Force. What well, just that that third goal? It meant everything. It got us through to the final, and then the rest is history. And that's Brentford um, when they played Bournemouth at New Griffin Park in the playoff semi-final. We're still locked. No, we've just come out of lockdown. And there were fans in the stadium, and that place was rocking. I'm going to go GP. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Mbembe's goal at uh, Bristol City, wasn't it? The second one, when it was absolutely sublime, the way we just went, went through them. Um, I remember um, in the build-up to Derek Chidora's fight with, um, with Dillian White, when he said, like, I'm going to go through you like um, a laxative. And literally, we cut through them like a We just went straight through them. But the way, you know, the passes, there's so many players involved, and it was, you know, the way they finished it off, I just carved Bristol City apart, like, you know, hot knife through butter. It was fantastic. The Dutchman. Yeah, probably would have gone Mark Hondes um, at Wembley, but instead, as Laney's nicked that one, I'll go for. Laney didn't nick it, no, he didn't. Well, he said it as a second. He covered it off, didn't he? Oh, he, no, no, you, he you, basically, you just don't. You don't want to. You don't want to go for it. You wanted to mention it, but you didn't want to go for it, did you? He ruined it for everyone else, is what you're saying. Um, so I will go for Whistles on Fire at West Ham in the 99th minute or whatever it was. You know, for us to get that game back when they were giving it so large to us when they equalised. Uh, and justified be equalised because they're all over a second half they battered us but we held on we went for the goal we, we won that free kick we chucked everyone forward and when that goal went I thought that was just amazing amazing <laughs> amazing experience it was a great day out it topped it off but when that ball went in I don't think anyone expected that we were hanging on for that 1-1 we were happily taken 1-1 to turn that into a win that was one of the you know the really big three points I think of the season at the end when we topped the points up that would be a really big three the Francis man Villa away, Tony's first Premier League goal. We scored first, and just the eruption of 3,000 Brentford fans will stay with me forever. That's great, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Mack? Um, Without doubling on Vista West Ham, which was uh, excellent, which uh, Dutch ruined for me actually, um, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Maconda's at Wembley, but not just for Maconda's strike. Um, but that run from Ruslev really sticks with me. And again, this, I, I mentioned about how I like seeing players blossom. Charlie Goodfing earlier. I think Ruslev really blossomed in that run-in. Not that, I mean, in the run-in to the, to the player final win. And then the actual run for the second goal where um, he, makes the, he makes the run from right-back position, right on the goal line almost. And you find himself on the left wing to, to, to be available to pop the cross across to Mark Ondes. It's a beautiful counter-attack. And I love that particular move from Roslev. Super finish from Marcondes. And if I remember rightly, 
the big screen at Wembley gave us all a close-up of Steve Cooper as well, which which really was the icing on the cake. It was a terrific moment and a wonderful goal. Um, so yeah, more corners at Wembley. Shout out to Ruslev as well. It, it, indeed. If I could just say on that goal, I don't know whether you've seen the cameras behind the Swansea goal and the 5,000 Bees fans of Wembley. When that went in, that I've got that that lives with me. I play it. Yeah. Yeah. You hear it, the ball hit the back of the net. Lots of celebrations there. And for me, Laney's mentioned it as well. That that Bournemouth game last year, for me, like I said to you, it was just it was unbelievable. And I know, like maybe people are watching it on TV. We've got a lot of new listeners around the around the world who who come into us. And I want to say you thank you very much for writing to us, telling us that you're there. Welcome to you coming there as well. And you just don't understand as a fan of a team who's been in the lower echelons of this league for years and years and years to actually have got and lost nine playoff finals and get to a playoff semi final and beaten the team who was two nil ahead of you on aggregate. You know what I'm saying to me? That is our massive thing so for me Laney talked about um, Forces goal which was wicked and uh, that moment was just mad but I have to say as well like you know because we were 2-0 down and we got the Tony penalty and we thought okay fair enough but when Janelt scored that goal oh my god when he came in and he kind of like got in and bang in the back of the net the place exploded because once he put the goal in the back of the net we actually believe, really believed that we're going to get that game back and they were reeling at that time and that was such a moment only four and a half thousand Brentford fans and we were singing it was just such a feeling like you know what I'm saying I've been to a million Brentford games as most of you lot here as well you know what I'm saying but there are very few Brentford games where the vibe and the atmosphere was like it was that day so listen Yanel I have to tip my hat to you man you made me very happy and a lot of other Brentford fans very happy indeed that day so listen this is the besotted end of season well it's not even end of season it's Christmas what is it Christmas end of year early early new year Christmas feastive festive festive feastive listen we've got no idea what this is but it's very Christmassy that is all I'm going to say Uh, we're sitting here listen in the globe they've taken brilliant care of us like I say if you want to come down here before the games after the games everything like that you must definitely do that which is all good like I said my name is Billy Grant and I'm sitting down here and I'm telling you that you must if you have to subscribe on all good podcast channels this is brought to you by anything is possible AIP.media as well like you know what I'm saying and also like I said to you if you like what we're doing buy us a beer besotted.com forward slash beer but as I'm going around the house here I've had a great time just chatting with the chums having a few beers and being really festive I haven't got a Christmas jumper on but some of us here have I'm not going to say exactly who but we will go to it later but like I said I'm Billy Grant here and I'm here with the Laney Man yeah let's hope that 2022 is every bit as good as 2021 happy Christmas everyone and a happy new year and we've got the mm, GP yeah magical things going to happen to us next year looking forward to it and we've got Jimmy Mack Merry Christmas one and all Merry Christmas <laughs> and he struggled to get that one out as well <laughs> we've got the Dutchman in the house mate anything is possible um, Merry Christmas everyone what a fantastic year more of the same next year and we've got the Francis man Merry Christmas come on you bees and could we dream about European football oh he's like that as well as well and uh, my name's Billy Grant here and I'm going to say Merry Christmas to you all having a really good time like I said we're really happy all we're going to say to you have a Merry Christmas have some turkey have some chicken have some cheer have a little like that and we'll catch you on Boxing Day we go to Brian Nose and we'll say Merry Christmas everyone you bees you bees you bees
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.